Hi, on this episode of Real Time Truth, we're going to go a little longer than normal because we have a guest today, my wife, Pam Brown. Hi, I'm Pam Brown, and I'm going to be here today to share with you some insights and some things I learned along the way as parenting, and I hope it encourages you. Hope you join us. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things that you deal with every day in your home, church, community, and in the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown, and I am grateful to have this lovely lady, and your name is? Pam Brown. My <laughs> wife, with us as our guest today. Thank you for joining us. Yes, so you, we've talked in the past about what a Christian home looks like, having a spiritual vision for your family, and this is that episode we've kept referring to about we're going to have a mom on with us to give you a mom's perspective on how she went about building that Christian home there. And so I've just got a few questions for you, and we'll just kind of just hit those running. Okay. And so we've talked about intentionality when it comes to what we're doing here, how it takes intentionality, and it takes time. And so easily people can kind of get too busy with the day-to-day routine, or they can get like caught up sweating the small stuff. And so the first question I have here for you is, did you have any kind of simple guiding thought or principle that kind of helped you keep this at the forefront of your mind in order to keep it, I guess you could say, a a manageable task? Because sometimes this can seem pretty overwhelming. You know, how do I raise my child to grow up into a God-loving adult? And so did you have anything like that? Well, I did, but I didn't really start out that way. I, um, you know, I'm like most people. When I, when I was expecting, I thought, oh, you know, I'm a teacher. I got this covered. You know, I've been trained to take care of kids and things. And so I was like, you know, I can do this. I can do this. And then here I get home with this baby and I'm like, (laughs) maybe I can't do this. This is bigger than I thought. This is, um, this is eternal. You know, Mm -hmm. this is eternal. This is not somebody else's child. This is my child whose eternity is in my hands. And I was overwhelmed and I was scared. Now for the listener, the viewer (laughs) to understand when she says, uh, I was a teacher, uh, Pam went to college to be a teacher, taught in the public school setting for several years, but then decided that uh, it was time to come home, and, and, and so she was a stay-at-home mom and, and so forth. And that's what she was meaning. Uh, she was taught to be a teacher, but once you have a little bambino in your house, uh, we both looked at each other like, what do we do now? Right? Right, right, yes. And so I began to, of course study the scripture, and I was always looking for books. You know, I I like to read anyway, so I was like, I've got to find some books that explain how to do this. There's no owner's manual that I have with this baby other than the Bible, so I'm like, what am I going to do here? And I don't know, I don't even remember the name of the book, but I read a book when Katie was small. Katie's our oldest, and um, the one thing that stuck with me, and I have since lost the book. I think I gave it to somebody. I don't even know. Probably, I'm really bad probably. to do that. And um, But it talked about in the book, it said, I'm trying to make this a simple answer, but it's not. Um, it had Luke um, 2.52, um, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's what Jesus did. He's our example. He grew in wisdom, he grew in size, and, you know, he grew like a young man, and he grew in favor with God, and he grew in favor with people. People Mm -hmm. liked him. 
And I thought, this is my prayer. This is it. This is this is the scripture I'll pray over my children. Um, I can't think about all the other things the Bible says right now. I've just got to pray this. I can't go down that road yet, you know. So that became my prayer. Luke two fifty two. I pray that over all my children, for all my children, to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and everybody else too. And I like that answer because really what that is, I mean, for me, that's just a bite-sized piece. And what it really is as well is it's, you're basically looking at it as, okay, this is my target. This is my desired product is an adult who has grown up and they've, they're bright, they're healthy, they love God, and they can, they can network with people. And so that's, I think that's an awesome, fantastic goal. Um, well, tell me this. What are some of the things that you tried that uh, as you were endeavoring to to hit that mark? What are some of the things that you tried that you thought would work but didn't? What are some of the things that you just, you didn't really, they were off the wall and just tossed them out there and those were the things that were the home runs? Well, I think, first of all, I had to figure out that I couldn't be... A reactionary parent, you know, whereas I just kind of take things as they come. I, I realized somewhere along the way that there are things, there's a destination, mm-hmm. and I want to get my kids to this destination. And so, how do I get there? You know, and and I didn't really know exactly how to get there, but I knew that it was going to take work and time and effort and energy. Um, so I was very intentional. I tried to be intentional and not reactional. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy as parents to kind of just do our own thing. And like when something happens, it's bad, say, oh, don't do that. You know, but it's more about training mm-hmm. and not reacting to the mistake or the error or the, um, the problem. It's about training and teaching and um, just spending each day using our time as wisely as possible. And that's hard, you know. It takes a lot of time and effort. And um, it was very, it, you know, we talked about overwhelming. That's, it's, it's scary, you know. And it's, it's you're like, gosh, am I messing my kid up, you oh know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody thinks that a lot. You know, am I messing my child up? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? But, you know, all you can do is go to the, go to the Word, pray, ask for wisdom. Because sometimes you don't know in the nuances of each day, um, you know, what you're going to face. And you don't, you have to always be asking for that wisdom. God, how do I handle this? How do I do this? How do I address this? You know, and to be teaching your children. I think you were asking what's or, what are some of the ways that I didn't really think mm-hmm. would work but worked. Um, I guess um, just spending a whole lot of time talking. Just spending a lot of time talking. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, you know, your kids don't always want to talk, but when they're ready, you've got to be ready. And I think you've talked about this before in, your, in some of the stuff, but you've got to be ready to talk when they're ready to talk. And usually it's the most inconvenient time for yes. you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing about being a parent is once you have that child, it's like, you know, you, you spend all these years and, you know, you eat when your food is hot. You do what you want when you want to do it. <laughs> and then you have a child and 
your food's cold most of the time when you eat it because you've got to tend to their stuff and mm-hmm. their needs and the blowout diaper and this or that mm-hmm. or cut this up or whatever. And, you know, it, it just isn't about you anymore. And the quicker you learn that, I'm not saying don't have self-care, but I'm saying it's, it's not. You know, you've got an eternal soul mm-hmm. that you're responsible for. And so, um, you know, you just have to, I think just that mentality, if you can just keep that mentality in your mind each day, that it can change your whole perspective on parenting. I want to jump in, and I'm, I'm stopping myself for those of you that know me, because I'm usually the one that wants to talk the most. But I want to say this about Pam. Pam is selfless. I mean that. Um, she has given up so much in her life because her kids mean more to her than herself. And it's, it's, it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to live that, and then for your kids to see that. And so we have two older kids and two younger kids. We've got two kids that are married. Uh, the oldest has got family. And we've got two 14-year-olds we're still in the throes of raising. But I watch my kids, and I wa- they have a relationship with their mama to the point that even to this day, the ones that are married will still touch base and send a text and say, hey, mom, what about this? Or, hey, mom, what about that? And that relationship continues on. And so the world says that you can have your cake and eat it too. No, you can't. No, you can't. You have to pick what's important. And then you... you, and, and, And so Pam to her credit, has given up so many things in her life from um, career, monetarily, um, even her own personal, I mean, it's, it's hard to go to the gym. It's hard to, you know what I'm saying? It's not that you can't do all those things. It's not that you can't work a job. It's not that you can't, but you have to make choices. Mm. And, and I've watched her make choices um, that it's not always easy to make and she made them because she's a selfless person and so um, she didn't pay me to say that but it's the <laughs> <truth. Right. laughs> thank you as I'm listening to this what I'm hearing is one as a parent you're always on there's 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 and people hear this and I, and I think this probably sounds negative but it's there's not you time with kids but when and that's not like you just said it's not dismissing self-care or or making sure that you are taking time to pour into your marriage and as well as your kids that's not there either but what i'm hearing is one always be ready to be on be intentional don't be reactionary teach them don't catch them Uh, that was that was something that you said or or what i thought of as working in an internship and directing an internship before we were always being told train them to do right. Don't catch them when they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Do that. Be proactive. Mm -hmm. And how would you, and this isn't, this isn't in our notes, but I want to, but I, but I just thought of this as you were saying this, you're going to have, I guess you could say a, a divergent perspective on this. The parent who wants to, as you just said, have their cake and eat it too. And the parent who, as Kevin described you, is the one who puts themselves last in order to do the most 
excellent job that they can with their kids as possible. There are some who would look at that and say, well, I'm missing out. I'm putting myself last. Where's my joy? Where's my, where's my fulfillment? But I look back and I think back to third John 4. Yeah. You know, I have no greater truth than to know than to hear that my children are walking in truth. No greater joy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No greater joy. Yeah. And so, I don't know, what would, would you have anything to say to somebody who's like, well, what about me and their fulfillment and maybe the understanding that whenever they really pour themselves into their God-given role, that there's more? Well, that's a great question. And I don't even have that in my notes either, but I, mm-hmm. but it's funny. I have a personal story. Um, when my kids were small, my first two were small, um, I remember being a bit bitter and a bit angry because I was like, I'm so tired. When am I going to get a break? When am I going to get a date night? When am I going to get a this, a weekend? When am I going to get this? Um, You know, I'm just so, and it became almost the focal point of my mental state for a while where I was almost fixated on my next this, Mm -hmm. my next that. And God just kind of, in my mind, he just kind of spanked to me a bit and said, that's not important, and that can't be the focal point of your life. That will come, and it's fine to want those things, but that is over here, and you've got to focus on the task at hand, and your kids see that bitter spirit, and they see that selfish attitude, and your selfishness is transferring to their selfishness, and you're wanting things your way is modeling for them I want it my way. I need a break. I need this. And I saw it in my kids. And God just said, enough. And that from that day on, I'm not saying I've been perfect since then, but I really had a moment, you know, where I was like, okay, I've got to stop this. And then, you know, then I'm like, God, help me to stop this. Help me. And and he did. And, and from then on, I looked at it in a different way. I was like, you know, that day's coming. That day's coming. And whenever I needed, whenever I really had had all I could take, I would just look at my husband and say, I just need a couple hours. Can I have it? Instead of moaning and groaning all day long, as, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get out of this house. I can't wait to do this. I said, can I just have, can I go to Walmart? I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. a Walmart trip was exciting and fun, you know. And sometimes but, we sent her to Walmart <laughs> because yeah. she needed it. We're like, hey, hey, mom's going to go to Walmart and we're going to clean the house. <laughs> But, you know, but once that, I took that out of the focal point of my life and I I, kind of quit obsessing about that me, me, me time, my attitude changed. My kids' attitudes changed. Things got much better. And it was really all in me. It was all something that I could control. And now that my kids are grown and and I've got two 14-year-olds, but, you know, they're pretty self-sufficient, I have lots of me time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, it, that, that day was coming, mm-hmm. and it and it comes for everybody. It's just we get really impatient, and we want it today instead of later. So, I don't know if that's really answering your question. No, I think or that's not. a I think that's a fantastic answer. And I and I mean, just me listening, I think it's very encouraging. And so there are seasons. Yes, there are seasons. that's the exactly. great way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll. I'll I look at Pam, and the only time, especially when all four of the kids were in the house and we're running, you know, like everybody, wide open, we would look at each other at 10.30 at night 
and for the first time all day to go, how are you? <laughs> Literally, how are you? And to make sure that we still have that time together to debrief mm -hmm. and to talk. And you know what that meant, Matthew? It meant that you get in the bed later than you than you want to. And that and, and but the Lord can give supernatural strength that even sleep can't give. Exactly. And then, as Pam said, sometimes when when it's now eleven o'clock and you've debriefed and you're ready to turn the light off, here comes a fifteen year old whose tears struggling. on their, yeah, cheeks are red, they're struggling. And so now what? Do you wait and talk about that in the morning? No, you go, baby, what's wrong? Now. And it's now. And so now it may be midnight and you take a deep breath and you see it as a season of time mm -hmm. and you just do it and you just do it. And you get a stiff cup of coffee in the morning and you go in the Lord's strength and you do it again. But it's amazing how the Lord truly will give energy that even sleep can't give mm -hmm. uh, during those seasons yeah. of time when you're dead beat. And, and there's nothing wrong with needing a break and mm -hmm. needing some time. But if it becomes your obsession, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's And that's a great way of putting it. Are you fixated on mm -hmm. it? As opposed to, is it just something that you're glad whenever it comes along? Right. So. Right. Cool. Well, a second ago, Kevin, he just kind of gave the rundown. I mean, and we've shared it in this podcast before as well as kind of the the experience in parenting that you guys have. A couple that's a couple of kids who are already married off. One of those with with multiple kids of their own, and then two 14 year olds still in the home. What would you say would be the biggest difference as you've kind of navigated raising these two sets of kids? What would be the biggest difference between the first set and this set? Well. Um, I think the thing about parenting is, you know, we're raising our kids, but our kids are raising us too in that we're becoming hopefully more godly and closer to God as we're raising our kids because heaven knows they teach us a lot, don't mm -hmm. they, about ourselves and about our own yeah. spiritual deficiencies. And um, so I think that for me, and I've told Kevin this, that I feel like, Maybe it's just being older, but um, I feel like I'm more patient, and I've seen these kids aren't here that long in the grand scheme, right. and treasure the time, treasure the time together. Um, I think I'm just more patient, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I dealt, I you know, I worked through so many frustrations with my first two, you know, um, that I feel like I, I, I I'm a little wiser and more patient. It's funny um, that you say that <laughs> because just earlier today I was reading a Barna. Uh, a Barna study, and it talked about how, and you're talking about how your kids raise you as well. This Barna study talked about how married couples and parents are more likely to forgive than the general population. Basically, saying they're more willing to bear with, to be patient, and it's because they are invested in people in a way where they know they have a right relationship with people. Because they know in that marriage, one, you don't just get to say, well, I'm just not friends with that person anymore. That person is your lifelong mate. And so you're going to make that work. And the same thing is true for your kids. And so in a lot of ways, and what the study was getting at was that people who don't have that same kind of experience, they have not had the chance to learn that as you were just saying that your kids were instrumental in helping teach you. And I, and I can echo that and say the same thing is very true with me. Yeah. Pam, why don't you uh, say something to, to the degree of um, the, the uh, we, we were a bit idealistic when we started out. 
with the first two in thinking that there was, you know, in some ways almost a cookie cutter way. If you do this, this, and this, you're going to get the, the right product or whatever. Can you speak to um, our idealism um, today versus what it was 30 years ago? Well, I think that the thing for me, and you, you're probably different from me, I'm generally not as idealistic. I don't think a person in general as you are. <laughs> it's true. But, <laughs> but, really? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. But um, I think, you know, I have learned, I think when you're starting out, you know, you're like, oh, these are just a blank slate. All these kids are a blank slate, and we can just pour into them all these things and they will all just turn out great. But as you go along, you realize that this one and this one are not the same. They may have come from the same two parents, but they are totally not the same two children. And it's going to take a whole different way of doing things with this one than it did with this one. And, um, you know, you can't just, it's, it's not about homeschooling because I, I know homeschool kids who, you know, it didn't work out so well. They don't follow the Lord now. I know kids who went to public school who loved the Lord. So it's not just about how you educate your kids. It's not just about where they go to church. Right. Um, it's about that about knowing your child. And it takes a lot of time to know your children. I know yeah. people who raise their children and they don't ever really know them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really know their heart. They, they're with them. But they don't know them. It's about knowing your child and knowing their heart and knowing what 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 makes them tick. Yes. And um, if I, if you believe this, we have a really strong-willed child who's still strong-willed as an adult, even. But you know, we knew that, and we knew that that was that it was going to take different things for that child to follow Jesus than it took the compliant children or the compliant child. You know, and and um. There wasn't a cookie cutter, and we learned really fast when we got, you know, told, I'm not doing that, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers I, it, it does really answer or not. It. And, and you're right, I am more idealistic than you, but I think, again, pointing back to your selflessness, um, it's that investment of time. If there's a, if there's a, uh, the nucleus of, of what, um, what kids, you know, the, it's, it's not so much taught, it's caught. They catch whether or not they're loved. And it's, it's not even just because of their performance. We can turn our kids into little robots, and they do everything perfectly uh, so that everybody thinks we're such great parents. But the, deep underneath, their hearts are rebelling. It's, it's, so the performance, is that's a, a byproduct of what is in the heart. The, the, the goal is to know their hearts. And that's what Pam has always been good about, being able to not fly off the handle, to not see how loud she can scream and holler, to try to take over a situation. She'll just calmly say, now, come on, talk to me. What are you feeling? Tell me now. And she has this wonderful way of, even with me, <laughs> of bringing me down to a place to where the one who screams and hollers the loudest is not the one who wins. Mm-hmm. It's the one who's the most upset. Um, and so I, I've, as, I've, as I've watched 
Pam, and this is like trying to remove myself. I've watched her as a mom. The scripture says in Proverbs 31, many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalm 31, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And why do we praise her in the gates? Because she has chosen to follow the Lord. And so Pam Brown has chosen to follow Christ and look to him in the process of allowing her life to be used by him to pour into children. And she does that really with no preconceived ideas or notions about uh, even their own personalities. She's, she's better and ha always has been about looking at the kids as individuals and seeing, okay, that worked with that one, but it's showing going to work with this one. Well, and that's something that's kind of just buzzing in my mind right now. And so, and we were ambitious. I know when it comes to saying that this was going to be a 19 minute podcast, we have a guest on with us today and she knows a lot. And so, but here's, and so I'm, I'm we'll bring I'm, her back. We will bring her back. And I'm kind of asking for permission to ask more questions here, but I'm trying to fill this thing out. The cookie cutter notion, the cookie cutter mindset I don't know if there's I don't know if there's enough time to go into some of these things and what my thought is because I don't even know if I can frame up the question that I'm asking here as far as figuring out how to go about telling what that child needs would that be another podcast episode do you think probably then then I won't go there today <laughs> I won't because I mean because I want to give it the time that it needs because that I need that I want to hear how do you I mean and I know a lot of it's going to go back to what you were already saying when it comes to talking and knowing your child knowing what makes them tick and then but I guess there's something else there's and maybe you can kind of help me frame this up but how to take that information and determine what will fit with that child does that make sense mm -hmm. and yeah. so I'll say this um, and, and you correct me, Pam, if I'm wrong. Um, isn't this the whole journey of walking with Christ? Isn't this just looking to Him and going, please help me, because I'm not exactly sure what to do. And isn't that what He wants for us to come to Him mm -hmm. and to say, okay, I've got this kid who I love with all my heart, but right now they're driving me crazy. I don't even know if I like them anymore. I love them. I'd give my life for them. But right now, they, I can't stand to be around them. And they can't stand to be around me. So, Lord, show me what to do. And so that's this is that us seeking the Lord mm -hmm. in this journey called life as believers and as parents to so that the Lord will clear our minds and remove the fog mm -hmm. and, and give just pieces along the way. The Lord doesn't give all the puzzle pieces at one time. It's one piece here, one piece here, one piece here. And I think part of that is just to, is just to keep us coming to Him in the journey. Would you agree, Mom? Yeah. And so the, I do believe we can make an entire podcast on well, that. Well, I would topic. I would like to. I want to I want to make that I would like to give it the time that it deserves yeah. because I think that that could be an incredibly encouraging and incredibly helpful talk. Definitely. And so um can I ask the wrap up question then? Yeah. Okay. Pam, what would just and this isn't in our notes either, but just words of encouragement as as moms are tackling this um, you see in the title this is a retrospective it's a retrospective from a mom who's who's done it with a couple of kids and still doing it with them but also two that's very much in the mix 
So what would be some encouragement you have to them as far as moms who are just, they're giving it everything and they're, and they're, they're not giving up how to make their home a Christian home? Well, I think first thing is, um, you know, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So mm. you just have to get through today. Just, you know, what can we do today? And there's a saying, and I can't remember who said it. I read it in a Francis Chan book that said, the way we live our lives or the way we live each day is the way we live our lives. Each day added up is our whole life, mm. you know. So just get through today and say, Lord, what can I do today to be the best mom or dad I can be? What can I do today to show my kids I love them unconditionally, but I expect them to respect me, to serve the Lord, to do the right thing? Um, that's probably one thing I would encourage yeah. you. You know, just get through the day. A day is a lot easier to manage than a lifetime. Amen. <laughs> Pam, can you, you brought it, and I want yeah. you to speak to, just real okay. quickly, speak, because this, this book meant a lot to us. Okay, this is... Um, Hold it up where a, the viewer I am, can see I'm looking it. to see. Well, this is called The Child's, the Child's Story Bible by Catherine Voss, and I think it is still in print. It was uh, it was published originally in the 1920s, I believe, and Catherine Voss. And that's spelled V as in Victor O S. Yes, yeah. she. Um, of course, this was back when basically the only translation of Bible we had was the King James, and so she took that and she told her children the Bible stories, and she eventually ended up making a story Bible, and these are the best most accurate story stories from the Bible that I've ever seen. And another mom recommended this to me many, many years ago when Katie was probably four. And um, it's really good. Mm -hmm. I've read this aloud to all my kids. Um, we would read a little part. You know, it's a great devotion thing. And then I give it, I've bought all my kids one of these and given them one. And I've said, now you read it. And so before they get into reading this so much, the, re the Bible Bible, they read this. Mm -hmm. And and I tell you, they they you know a lot. You can really learn about the Bible by reading this. And I, you know, I'm not a big advocate of story Bibles, but this one is really good and really mm -hmm. accurate. And I highly recommend it. And, I think you can get it on Amazon. You can. You, used to you, could. you can. And the reason I wanted her to share it is because some of my children, the older two now, say that some of their favorite memories is hearing their mom read this to them. They were either curled up on her lap or uh, maybe uh, holding a doll and kind of playing, looking at it as, as she was reading. But it's, it's a time of security. It's a time of tenderness. It's a time of learning. And it's a time of being together. Any reading aloud, I yes. think, is that. You know, even when your kids are old enough to read to themselves, it's good to read to them just mm -hmm. as a, yeah. a time. So these are... Yeah, what Pam created uh, to use that Inside Out movie was one of those, uh, what's a, those lifelong memories, what they call that? Core memories. Core memories, <laughs> you know, and that core memory rolls into the brain, and it stays there for all of their lives. And if you're an adult and you read this, you will learn something probably yes. you didn't know about the Bible, because I did. I was like... I didn't realize yeah. that's what that was. It, it's a it's meant. a child story Bible, but, it's but really good. it is it is very very good. It is very accurate. And it's it's very rich. Well, we'll make sure to include a link to be able to find that online in the show notes. Yeah, and nobody's paid us to say any of that. No. <laughs> we get nothing from that. It's just it, we wanted something practical that people could walk away with and go, okay, this gives me a place to start. All righty, well. 
thank you guys so much for joining us today. This is thank you, Pam, for joining us today. And so we've, we've enjoyed it. Yes. And so this has been another episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. And I'm Pam Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Take care. <laughs>